0: This is the Sporting Heroes podcast brought to you by Radio City Talk up in Liverpool. My name's Matt Jones and this afternoon uh, my guest in the studio is somebody who is well known to Liverpool fans throughout the city and across the globe as well for the work that he's done for Redmen TV. It's Paul Machen. Hi. Great to have you in. Uh, So before we get on to your Sporting Hero, the Redmen TV. YouTube channels like this—they're huge now—and and this was one of the top
1: ones. This was the very first one, in fact. Yeah, long before, um, long before the worlds of United and, and Arsenal's et al and yeah, people shouting outside of football grounds. There was us uh, making our own Liverpool version of sort of fantasy football slash soccer AM uh, from the back room of my house, and it's gone pretty well I think since then oh definitely has. why did or how did you have the idea why did you decide to do it I think kind of as I said that those influencers I grew up watching with Good, interesting, fun football content. Whether it was St. Greaves on a, you know, on, on, I think it was on ITV at the time, and fancy football was always on a Friday night. Soccer AM on a on a Saturday morning. It was football didn't take itself too seriously, and that, that always resonated with me. And I think that kind of whereas the content changing? People might not look back on some of them as favourably nowadays, of course. But the I think as scousers, we don't take things too seriously, and I, it always clashed with me how when you watch Match of the Day or you watch Sky Sports coverage, everything so po-faced and it never really fit with 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 that uh, kind of the ethos that I grew up with in supporting football.
0: You mentioned Soccer AM there and that's probably why it stands out so much because that yeah. era of uh... Lovejoy and Chamberlain, yeah. peak soccer AM yeah. was so well renowned across the country.
1: Yeah, it was. There were there were we, we less and less of them these days. But as a kid, you had your, your water cooler moments. It would have been your school playground topics of conversation. And there were shows that you all watched. You couldn't miss these things. Um, and soccer AM was absolutely one of them. it. Was a, it was an integral part of your weekday routine. You had that, and you had Gazetta football, and then you know, you and then you you either went off to play Saturday or Sunday league, and then you went and maybe maybe you watched the Reds or the. Or the blues and you, or, and you, or you had them on the radio or whatever. That was part of the thing, and I found that we're now at a point where we're we're providing that for a new generation of fans.
0: I could list so many of those features from like 2006: sheep heads, topless weather, crossbar challenge, yeah, bucket challenge with the golf, yeah. Don't do them like that anymore.
1: No, I know, and, and but it, that's what it was always always was was. They were they had a they had a laugh in 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 doing it. You can see that. I've always said if you if you can have fun in making the content, then people will have fun in watching it, and that's something that I've always kind of stood by when we've done. It. And bear in mind, you know, there's been some tricky times at Liverpool in the last decade that we've been doing this. You know, ownership protests and and everything in between. And um, but we have tried to maintain a little bit of a you know a. That, that glass off, full Scouts mentality throughout it, yeah.
0: and throughout it as well. You've had the chance to meet some of the people who I'm sure you'd class as heroes, and interview them as well, which is always a thrill.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it kind of pinch yourself moments. Uh you know, going back to the very early days, um, getting to interview Luis Suarez when he just signed for the club was uh, something else. And then I think about it now, you know, you see you, you take it for granted, but it become it becomes it's not it's not an everyday occurrence, of course, but it becomes uh, you know a, a thing that you know you, you know you're a, you're able to deliver upon all of a sudden. It's uh, you know we have we, always said you get these opportunities and you try your hardest to be as sound as possible and trust that people will trust you. For, with with further the ones you get know, to the point where you know I got to sit down. With Jürgen last summer in, in Michigan, um, and had a great chat about you know life, the Reds, and everything, which is just amazing. And
0: you'll have seen as well over the time that you've been doing the Red Men TV how clubs have started to embrace fan media much much more than they they possibly did at the start.
1: Yeah, I think I think Liverpool are an absolute shining example. For, you know, for a change, I think they've they've really turned the corner in the last two or three years. You know, I, I think back when we were we were signed up by by YouTube as a partner channel, and they just signed Man City up, and Man- Manchester City were really at the forefront of that, of that kind of stuff for a number of years. Um, and the some clubs, Manchester United, don't engage with fans at all. I speak to my counterparts doing similar things on, on YouTube, and they, they you know, the, the the disrespect that goes between that is is, is is tangible. Whereas Liverpool have been increasingly good, and I think so much of that comes as I say, you know, you you prove yourself, you know, you prove that you're not a fly by night operation, and it, it goes to show, you know, look at the fan park in Kiev. Look at the fan park in Madrid, whereas the club are, are engaging with not just not just the likes of us, but obviously podcasts and and you know and, and boss nights and, and, and all these kind of things and, and local people who love the club, but also have maybe a, a talent base or an audience that, that the club itself doesn't necessarily have access to.
0: Absolutely, it's Radio City Talk. You're listening to full time Paul Machin uh, from the Red Men TV joining me. We'll get onto your sporting hero shortly, but first of all, we haven't discussed why you
1: got into Liverpool or how you got into Liverpool i don't think it was ever a choice um it never it never occurred to me to support any team other than liverpool to be perfectly honest my whole family are liverpool fans and they always and they always have been there was only one family member who didn't Support the Reds, and it was uh, my uncle who's a Manchester United fan. Married in. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just add that caveat. Honestly, <laughs> honestly,
1: I saw him the week. I, I have to add that caveat every single time. Not by blood. Um, no, he's he's a good fella, but he's a United fan, unfortunately. Um, and he tried his best to try and get me and my cousin into. You know, I think he knew it was on. He was onto a loser with United, but he, he, they lived over the water for a while, so we tried to maybe have like Tranmere as a middle ground with us for a bit, or took us to a couple of their games and what have you. But now my dad was. I read my granddad. I read all my uncles. I read my uncles of all. I'd season, season ticket holders at one point or another. So, yeah, there was never was never really in, in doubt. I didn't even know any Evertonians. I think we had one in our entire school, you know, in, in infants and junior school, and he was a bit odd. So, like, yeah, he was never really a great, you know a great ambassador for supporting anyone other than the Reds. Can you remember your first game? Ooh, yeah, um, it's funny. I, I, my the first like five years probably of me supporting Liverpool. I remember. I'm 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 all of this. I remember strange things about the game. I remember like the kits and the sponsor boards and and you know the occasions more than like I, I score. my dad is incredible for remembering scores and scorers and all that kind of stuff. But my I, it was it was Liverpool Derby County back in 1990 and it was the the game where Liverpool actually lifted the league title. Um I think the, the, I actually I may have been taken to a couple of games prior, earlier on in that season, but they, you know they, I couldn't have told you which way they were. But that's the one that stands out of seeing Kenny walk out, which is funny seeing him in like that nineteen ninety um, that home that home shirt because of course he was you know he was well really past his best as a as a player by that point. But yeah, getting to getting to be at Anfield, I think I would have been in the Kemlyn Road for that. Um, and yeah, it's it's weird all those little memories end up kind of ingrained on you. So how old would you have been in nineteen ninety? Nineteen ninety, I'd have been seven.
0: So you must be one of the youngest people who can actually remember seeing Liverpool lift a league title. <laughs> yeah. As things stand at the moment,
1: honestly, it's uh, it's it's crazy. Yeah. and we deal with you know people of all generations and doing what we do. We've got a lot of young lads uh, who come in and 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 have work experience who, who, who work for me now. And of course, they have got no no idea. You think like the you know the, the treble season is a is a bit of a myth to them. Whereas that was that was my prime. <laughs> you know, I was I was well into it then. I think it was seventeen eighteen around that time. So um, yeah, it it, it is. It's it's an unusual situation I can remember it but of course as I I discovered last season which is obviously the closest Liverpool have really come to winning the league since 1990 I had I'm not it didn't prepare me in any way shape or form for what it feels like to be involved in a challenge um, so yeah it's at the minute it's 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 a it's a picture in my mind rather than being anything of any great use you know
0: what was it like watching Liverpool growing up then as, as a kid at that age
1: yeah it was it was it was fantastic because you know there was it was that crossover era when football started to to really come into the mainstream obviously the Premier League era be, began um and Liverpool had a great crop of of like young local talent in and around that side as well. You Steve McManamms, you Robbie Fowler, uh, etc. Um, and at the time as well, you know Everton were okay. You know they, they used to they used to get the best of us in Derby's loads around that point. And my three best mates were all Evertonians in senior school. By this point, so, which is a real culture shock, having like I say, not known any up until that <laughs> point in my life. Uh, so we used to get we used to give each other. Dogs abuse should be phoning each other's, you know, landlines up to to hell abuse down the phones when you know when winds are going and stuff. So it was a re- it was a, just a really a really great time, and obviously you had the likes of, of Robbie Fowler, young Scouse lad, being arguably the best young, you know, striking talent in in the country, arguably amongst those in the world at the time, it was a real point of pride as well.
0: It's Radio City Talk. I am doing a sporting hero with Paul Machin from the Redmen TV. So let's get on to your sporting hero and uh, well you have just mentioned him it has to be someone that comes from a liverpool background of
1: course sure. uh, but tell us why and who yeah it, for me it's 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 robbie Fowle and it and there's there's a number of great players that i could have called upon that's the beauty of being a liverpool fan of course you know i a little bit too young to to have seen the best of kenny Daglish, my dad's favorite player of, of, of all time you've got Stephen Gerrard, you've got Jamie Carragher, but I think for Gerrard, yeah, Gerrard was was very much my, you know, teens and twenties player, but, you know, that for me, Robbie Fowler was, I was a kid, and it was when I first got into, really, truly got into football, I think about like 93, 94, those seasons around then, when he was finishing, top goal scorer, and Liverpool had that, Great uh, Adidas kit with the big, the big bold <laughs> stripes on it, and you know you wanted to how it was Fowler twenty three at the time. Of course, being the, be the blonde hair. Um Yeah, there was something about this this lad that he was just this absolute predator, born goal scorer, and he just seemed to score every time he took to the field. It certainly felt like that at the time, and it felt like yeah, we had a. A generational talent, and you know, you, you go through, you raised on stories from your, from your dad and from your granddad and family members and what have you about these great players. And uh, my dad had all the old finals, the old FA Cups, and all that. So I'd seen Ian Rush. Like, Ian Rush was the first player like, I, I, I a number nine on my 89 shape. My first little push I Ian Rush, but he was never my player. Fowler felt like mine, and I think as well. For a kid growing up, it doesn't
0: matter which club you support, when you see someone come through the ranks who's a local lad who wears their heart on their sleeve and you can see how much it means to them every time they even step on the pitch, let alone score
1: a goal, you're kind of living that moment with them. Yeah, abs- absolutely You know, that that the whole Tox to Terror thing and the fact that you could there was like newspaper clippings from like the pink the pink echo where you could see like his—he was playing in you know in, in in lower you know local leagues and what have you. It was Robbie Ride that he was you know growing up before he obviously had had changed his name, and you know there was something we could go. Yeah, you know, that could that could be me because when you're still young, you still harbour those ambitions. You don't realise quite what the golfing class is between <laughs> you and your mates in the park and, the, and 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 a lad playing for in the Premier League. So no, you 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 do, and it, it's always so important. And I think people don't. It, it, I always find it funny when people don't understand that connection. Um, that you you do naturally, and I think that's why you know, obviously Stephen Gerrard and, and and Jamie Carragher, of, of course, and we're seeing it now. I think with Trent Alexander Arnold, that you do. You, you there's this, there's a little bit of vicarious living there where you do get to live out your dreams through someone else.
0: He was such a talented footballer in that he wasn't the greatest goal scorer in terms of getting on the score sheet every game like a Mo Salah does, but he was a scorer of great goals.
1: I actually think he was a little bit of a little bit of both and I think unfortunately, you know, as his career kind of progressed there was maybe some question marks over his over his discipline and, and he had he had he got a really bad knee injury um in the in the in the nineties, late nineties, which really held him back around the time that Michael Owen was starting to come to prevalence. Um but he he was, you know, he's on a twenty goal a season centre forward. If he'd been able to maintain if he'd been a bit but a bit more lucky with injuries, or to be honest, if he'd just been born ten years later when the the co- the way coaching's changed the way that nutrition has changed whatever uh, interesting enough I was talking to um, former Puppet Dominic Matteo in the week for a, for a, for a video I'm, I'm doing with him and he was talking about that culture that crossover culture between the old school eighties the guys used to go out drinking you know a few times we'd go you know <laughs> heavily go out on the on the lash and then perform on the pitch and you know Fowler came into that of, of that era there so you know I always wondered what it, what he could have been but he... You're right, he did have the great goals in his locker as well. And the one that always stands out to me was one against uh, Aston Villa, where uh, he creeps... I, 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 I think I might be getting the point wrong. I think it might be Steve Staunton, but he creeps a guy basically on the halfway line, bursts through and just slams this left-footed shot into the far corner. And um, yeah, he was just... He was great. Because when, you, when you're when you a young kid and you're having like the schoolyard battles and who's your favourite player and, and what have you, when you've got match-of-the-day moments that you can point out to your mates um, yeah it, it makes the case a lot easier so
0: you'd have been about 17 or 18 when he left for Leeds mm-hmm. um, five years later he returns what a moment that was
1: yeah absolutely unbelievable I, um, I talk about this more than a, probably a grown man should do but I, I genuinely cried the day we sold them to Leeds United uh, I'd gone to visit uh, meet my Men TV co-host uh, Chris Page who was living in Leeds at uni at the time and uh, I went to see him and you, the club shop was right by the train station and there was the Fowler 27 shirt in the, uh, in, the, in, the in the window and I, I was just heartbroken absolutely heartbroken so and it, you kind of as ever with those players you watch them you, you, you follow their careers and every time i'd play i'd get a new championship manager or football manager or whatever i'd always look to bring Robbie back to Liverpool because why wouldn't yeah? but i don't think he'd dream of it because it, it, he he had those persistent injury problems he was never quite the same footballer, so you think well that that that'll be kind of it with his career or might might peter out or what have you uh, we'd seen it obviously when when rush had finally moved on etc. He, he went to like Newcastle and Leeds I think after leaving after leaving Liverpool for the second time um so when we found out that, that, that Rafa was bringing Robbie back in, just a, a real a real dream, and and again you just got that great sense again. It was a bit of a nostalgia sure. but for him because he left on such acrimonious terms as well. Obviously had the the, the well publicised falling out with um, with Phil Thompson before being sold to Leeds United, and um, for him to come back and almost give him that one last hurrah, one last opportunity to buy a couple more goals and give a proper. Farewell to the Liverpool fans was just glorious.
0: Have you ever met him? You must have in your line of work.
1: Yeah, so I mean, the. (laughs) <laughs> it's quite funny I've, I've met him a few times I've interviewed him a few times and it's 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 mad now that like I was, so I was in the airport the Barcelona airport for the Champions League semi-finals and he, I was on my phone and he got off the plane and he tapped me on the shoulder and said hey are you alright how are you doing which is mad because I think back to the very first time I ever saw him off a football field I was working in the Chilwell Five Ways when I was 18 and it was my first like first bar job and I got told that he was in the pub and I came back off my only break on like a, a whatever it was like 10 hour shift or something to just stand in front of him, and I was a wreck. I was shaking. <laughs> I was, bra- I broke about three glasses in a, a space of about thirty seconds, and that was just the pure hero worship of just being in the in his proximity. So yeah, he's um he's a great fella, and I love that some of the 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 the, the coaching and academy stuff that he's, he's set up around the city as well. You can see how much it means to him. You know, is he, Liverpoolian route
0: Fancying a trip to uh, Brisbane then to uh, meet him again? <laughs>
1: yeah, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, I'm sure if we could wangle something like that, it'd be uh, good to go over and see him in his new in his new home. But um, yeah, maybe maybe may- maybe not at the moment. I think the Reds are probably going to keep me a little bit too busy this season, particularly with the amount of games they've got coming up. Um, but no, I-, I really hope he's a, su- a success because he's clearly got the passion for it, and I think. I think at times maybe his reputation as being a bit of a a bit of a lad or whatever maybe gets in, in the way of touch but you know he's an incredibly dedicated fella incredibly talented fella not just a footballer but obviously in in, in a general sense as well and uh, yeah I, I really hope he's a success over there
0: that's Paul Machin from the Redmen TV who joined me for this week's Sporting Heroes podcast on Radio City Talk. My name's Matt Jones and if you like what you hear uh, then hit the subscribe button. You can get a new one in your box every single week. I've done loads of great ones in the past as well that you can catch up on if you go back. The likes of Terry Phelan on there, Ian Prowse and many, many more as well. On top of that, if you're tuning on Radio City Talk, 1548 Medium Wave or on DAB up in Liverpool or online as well, you'll be able to hear a brand new sporting hero every single Wednesday at 4.45.